Hello and welcome to the Winners Never Quit podcast about mental resilience, learning from hardship, all to build a winner's mindset, hosted by myself, Jack Jarvis. And if you could like, follow and subscribe to the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. Today, I'm joined by Jess Bays. Now, Jess is a female DJ whose raw passion, ambition and dedication has seen her become one of the standout artists of the past 18 months. She had a weekly residency at Ibiza Rocks and has played around the globe. Ibiza, Croatia, Miami, Chicago and Brazil to name just a few including some iconic festivals and venues such as Parklife, We Are Festival, Reading and Leeds, Latitude, Ministry of Sound, Warehouse Project, XOYO and Printworks. Jess has also unveiled her new label Imprint Superstore Records in partnership with Good Company. With its first release from Jess, Temptations getting over 10 million streams on Spotify alone, tipped by DJ Mag as one of the ones to watch and with 1.5 million monthly listeners on Spotify, there's no stopping this music producing DJ and powerhouse. Jess, you join me now. How are you? Hello. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the great drink selection as well. You are so welcome. We won't name the uh, brand because they didn't uh, sponsor us, but yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank you. You good? Mm. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Happy to be back on dry land. On dry land, not so, wet. Not wet. No, so me and Jess have obviously been friends for a while now. A long time. First thing she said to me, she was like, Jack, I've got so many questions. I was like, <laughs> Jess, you need to start a podcast <laughs> because this is about you today, not me. <laughs> so we start the podcast, everyone the same. What defines winning to Jess Bose? Winning to me means peace. Like feeling at peace with yourself. That means that I think you're winning when you're at peace. When you can come home at the end of the day and you're just you just feel peaceful, that to me is winning. That's winning in life. Yeah. That no, that, that is legit. No conflict. Yeah. You know, you That's coming. winning. Yeah. That is winning. No, I totally agree. And I think sometimes maybe people f- overthink it. Hundred percent. You know, you need this, you need that. But in the words of a famous philosopher, Biggie Smalls, no money, no problems. You know, it's so Amen. true, isn't it? Amen. It's very true. Amen. Um so you've been very busy yep. recently. So Tell us about sort of the past 18 months and, and how uh, how things have been for you. So the 18 months I've, I've just done have been insane. I've come from, I did Capital at the start of, I think, 2020. Out of lockdown, we came out of, it was a bit crazy. Um, yeah, lockdown happened and I went straight into Capital FM. Um, I was ejected onto the radio it was amazing. Like it was the greatest platform ever. I had so much fun there. Like I did a whole year there. Um, I learned a whole new skill of radio, like DJing and broadcasting. It's a whole different board game. Like I thought, I thought maybe like DJing on the radio was going to be the same as DJing as a DJ, but it's totally different skills. Yeah. It's oh my god, presenting, learning how to speak properly, and just yeah. That was a whole new challenge for me. And yeah, it was incredible. And I'm so grateful that I got to do... People underestimate how difficult it is. Like, I've been doing this now for, you know, a few weeks. And straight away, people pick up, oh, mate, do you know what your tick is? And I was like, I've got a tick. And they're like, yeah, yeah, breathe in. And I was like, yeah, because yeah, I'm trying not to swear. 100%. Do you know what I, mean? I know. I know what yeah. mine is as well. Yeah, yeah everyone's got one. <laughs> and then when you do it, when you do it, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you? And you're like, oh, drop the ball there. Oh, drop dear. the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> this is literally what my producer used to yeah. say to me. Like, you always say, right? You all right? You yeah. all right? I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. All, all right. right, all right, all right. All right, all right. 
But um, yeah, I loved Capital so much. It was so much fun. It injected me into that like commercial world of, of dance music. Um, it wasn't and it wasn't a world that I thought I was ever going to go into, obviously coming from the underground of house music. And I'm so happy and grateful that I did it because it opened me up to the world of where I am now. And I now produce music with people and write for artists that are just just crazy to me. Like I'm, Yeah, I'm just grateful for my journey. You touched on the journey there. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, myself included, want to know, how do you, how do you end up on Capital... 10 million streams on Spotify. How did you get into DJ? Tell us about so so your earliest memories of music and then sort of So how my that journey all began, I was basically Sam Devine from Defecting's tour manager. Um, that was me. I did not like music. I was working at Heathrow Airport. I was a Border Force agent. I nice. used to be the one that would do the patting you down, all of that, all of that. That was me. Um, for anyone searching. listening yeah. and not watching she did a great yeah. demo of a pat down there <laughs> fantastic <laughs> probably searching all the all the DJs that are coming through to Ibiza um, but yeah that that was me I was I was never really I don't know music has been around me with my family through my whole life and I don't know why I didn't pick up on it sooner until Defected happened with Sam um, and when I became Sam's tour manager things just started to just erupt for me. I just found this new energy in music and love. And I was just like, what is this world that I cannot live without now? Mm. Literally, like I met her backstage at a show that she played when I was like 19, I think. I'm 30 now. So this is that's a long time ago. And By the way, you didn't need to put your real age in there. Thank you. <laughs> 19, so what, two years ago, Jess? So <laughs> um, no, but... Yeah, that, that to look back at that person now, now is just a totally different person. But um, yeah, I didn't know what was what music was. I was like so new to this whole festivals. What is all of this stuff? Like, We Are Festival was the first one I'd ever been to. I was in the drum and bass tent, mate. Like, yeah. I was literally having it off to fucking show FX. And then Jade, my girlfriend, was dragging me into the defective tent saying, you need to come and see this girl play. You need to come and see this person play. And I was like, I don't want to be there. I want to be in the drum and bass. And yeah. I was like, I love, the, I love the energy. Like, I just, I just love energy. Like, that is very much me. Like, I'm quite erratic, and I love energy. So, house to me was like, that's that's way too calm. That's way too calm. No, I'm not going there. So that deep, literally, I was like, you know, yeah. and now here I am, a deep house producer. <laughs> <laughs> like what? So she dragged me in, and I don't even know what happened. It was like something took over my body when I stepped into that defected tent at We Are Festival the very first year it was like it was this big tent that was made out of an inflatable plastic that's the only way I can describe it it was epic like genuinely it was epic like it a was, bouncy castle it was literally yeah. like a bouncy it was so special and it was so epic No, everybody remembers it because some idiot ripped it and it popped and it and the whole thing oh, came no crashing way. down because it was it was that special like you can google it on youtube it was it was amazing but the music that was played in that tent to me was like wow and i think it maybe just reignited the music that i'd heard from my childhood coming from disco coming from like like all of the, all of the soulfulness from my dad and my mum mum and dad into through. motown then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Motown, my mum loves her Motown, yeah. All of that was coming through, through the glitter box defected vibes. And I was thinking, why do I feel familiar here? I've just walked into this music that I don't know and I feel like I'm at home. I've arrived kind of thing. 
So I spoke to Sam online a little bit. We chatted a lot. Um, ended up hanging out for a bit. We ended up being like the bestest friends. Like she's like my sister. And I ended up tour managing her. And it was the best four years of my life. But also four years of my life that I do not remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything from them. They were wild, crazy, stressful, amazing, insane. Oh, just, just the best four years ever. Going on tour with a DJ was just insane. And it, it almost gave me a little bit of an insight of what it was going to be like for when I was going to be the star, almost. Yeah. So I was kind of like watching how to treat people, how you deal with people, how you deal with certain situations, how you get yourself out of trouble. Just just how to navigate yourself around the industry because it is it can be a very dark industry at times and let's not shy away from it. Yeah, it is, it's a scary industry. The competition is hot and yeah, it was it was a lot and I'm happy. I'm so grateful that I got to do the tour managing with Sam because it gave me all those foundation routes to meet people like runners at festivals people that do artist liaison. These are key people that that you don't even realise, that festival goers don't even realise, they are key members of, that keep that whole thing going. Like, you don't realise their job is so important and tour managing gave me the eyes to see that and I just have a massive appreciation for the music industry because of that job. So I'm really thankful that I got to do that for Sam. Talk about tour managing then, I always remember one of my friends, well, you know GW? Yes. He always says fair play to tour managers you know they are the unsung heroes like dragging djs out of like bed honestly the crack of dawn to catch a flight to go in it is insane and it's often that it is the best friend is the tour manager so it becomes like you because you you do live eat breathe sleep with them like everything you are together um like good bad ugly legit like and you have to like you have you rely on that person and it's like it's a slog sometimes DJing. It's like tra- all the travel's mad, but like the highs are incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. the best job in the world, like the best job in the world. But like having that person there is amazing. So tour managing is an incredible job. But buckle your seat belt up if you want to do that job, mate. <laughs> no, amazing. Um, you talk about scary times and the competition. So what were you about twenty three, twenty four when you started DJing? Yeah. What was it like coming through as a female then? Because there's a big push now, but you know, that was what, six, seven years ago? Do you what, know what? What was it like then? I feel like maybe because I'm gay, I'm left alone because I'm a minority already. Mm. Whereas the straight girls probably struggled more. I don't know why. Yeah. But the girl thing has never been a thing for me. I've never really been like, I've never had somebody be like, like you're a girl DJ. I've never, I've never personally had a female attack on me, but I do know people that have. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's because of my sexuality, because I am gay, yeah. that maybe guys think I'm one of the guys. That is my personal opinion. Yeah. That's how I feel with the boys. I feel like they just think, oh, I'm just one of the lads. But I don't know. I just don't know. But we do need more females in the music industry. There's so many incredible women, unsung heroes, mate. The songwriters, they're, they're just insane. There's so many I can list. Like my head will explode literally, but like coming out of tour managing to this world, that I decided maybe I might want to do what you do now. Now where do I go? Kind of thing because Sam was starting to blow, and I was thinking it's make or break. Either I go full time into that, or I go full time into this bubbling passion that is burning away inside of me that I just can't seem to switch off. So I started. To, I put put myself through DJ school at a place called Subbase. 
and it was a 12-week course. I did, I, they literally taught me the basics of how to mix records and it was horrible. It was, I cried, like I'm not joking. I stood in front of a room full of men and cried because I couldn't lock two mixes together and it was traumatic and now I, I'll never forget it because I cared so much. I cried because I care, yeah. right? Um, so it's passion. Exactly. You know, but I can hear it. You know, you're passionate. Took a chance just to message uh, exactly. Sam. You know, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with nothing wrong with crying. Off the back of that, Sub Bass gave me my first ever DJ set ever outside of a studio at Ministry of Sound. So the first time I'd ever stepped foot on on a on a pair of decks was in Ministry of Sound. So to have that as my like that's that's my first opportunity is just incredible for me. So grab it with both horns and. I played and all of my best friends came from where I live and it was just, it was magical. And genuinely, I feel like now if I just blink, all of a sudden I'm here, everything is a blur. I don't know what's happened in between and I've lost eight years. <laughs> like it's just gone so quickly, but the graft is still there. Like as soon as you start playing, you have to find you as an artist. You can't just... You can't just go online and download all the tracks that everybody's playing. You've got to dig deep. You've got to find things that people don't know they want to hear. You've got to make them want to know they want to hear that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's the exciting part of DJing for me, is, is recreating a moment on the dance floor that, that they, they can never get back because yeah. it's not a track because you're making it on the decks. So if you see one of your sets like clipped up or, or whatever, do you know, like now it's a little bit easier because do you love it when you see people... Anyone got a track ID? What's a track ID oh, for this? I love it so much. It makes me so happy because I also Is there do a better feeling well. though of being the guy that knows it? Literally. Yeah, yeah, I know, no, no, literally. I'm the one there like writing them all down yeah. like, on all, the, all of them <laughs> stealing all the tracks. Yeah. It's so honestly, um, it's funny you should say that because when someone plays like a, maybe like an old school banger or what was that re-edit you did? I did go Bemby Funky. Fun, yeah, yeah, I was literally stalking and I see it and um, yeah, that's a that's a bagger. It's blown. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. literally Michael Beebe bloody playing yeah. it. DC Ten. Yeah. I was like, whoa! This was literally just a DJ tool. I just made it as something that I could just play in my sets because obviously you, I'm never going to put that out. It's it's God made me funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. Mike Tun, but Beebe's playing it at DC Ten. I was sat at home thinking, wow. Like I'm sat here and I'm just watching it on Instagram. Like wow, just wow. Yeah, we've okay. spoke about sort of like making tracks and that and this is something I do want to answer, uh, do want to ask you how much input do you have on the lyrics or or the the vocalist that goes on your tracks because something that gets leveled I think maybe at you know, like DJs producers or like electronic music oh but you don't need any talent it's all on a computer no that must drive you insane because oh I, yeah, I know I, I know from experience I don't have a musical bone in my body it so yeah how much hard. input do you have on that side of so the production production music production is it's insane. Like, the songwriters are the angels, basically. So I have a big team that I work with when I do my, te when I do my um, production. So I work closely with a company called Good, Good Company. They are, because I'm in Good Company. It's a great mm. name. Um, and I have my co-producer, Richie, who is called Dirty Secrets, as his DJ name. He's my engineer, and we sit in the studio together. We, I will come in with an idea and I will sit there and I say, this is what I want. I will hunt down my vocalist. This is my writing process. Like, this is how I go. And I'll write from my heart of how I'm feeling. So you, you write the lyrics? I won't personally okay. write the lyrics myself because that's the vocalist. That's what yep. the vocalist does because they were the featured artist. Yep. Um, but if 
if it came down to it, I would write my own lyrics, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example. But I just haven't done that yet because all of my records have been a featured artist. Yeah. So that's that. That's what they do. So the girls come in basically, and do you know what? It ends up like a therapy session. Yeah. When we sit in, when when you go in to write a record, say you have a topic, for example, like temptation, my big one. That's all about like maybe cheating and not knowing if you want to be with somebody and, and like it's, 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 it's all a about that, yeah. if you haven't listened it's all about being tempted and not sure what, what, what where to go and it's almost like a therapy session um and music writing is just incredible there's like four of us in the room me and Richie we will get some ideas down and I will hunt down my vocalist. Like, I'm very, very particular on who I want with my vocals because that is for like for me, songwriting is like key. Like I, I, I love anyone can get on a computer and learn how to make music, but to write and to oh, write with emotion yeah. that Speaking actually to means dyslexia united over here. Like it's so <laughs> hard. If I thought mixing was hard, writing music. <laughs> even a haiku I struggle with. Dyslexia United. <laughs> I don't even know if a haiku's a thing. I just heard it once. <laughs> you know when you say something, you're like, yeah, you've been very very photosynthesis there, Jess. No, I'm joking, I know what that means. Haiku, haiku's it. a poem. All right. I do know, I am clever, Mum. I'm sorry, right, so yeah, we'll talk about the track. Honestly though, like watching the songwriters unfold, like, it's just insane. Like it's it's magic. And I feel so grateful that I've been able to work with some incredible people over my journey. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so much more excited for what I've got to do the rest of the year as well. Cool, cool. Can you tell us about that? Or I, is, it, is it on the deal? <laughs> I actually All right, it's on the deal. I'm it's so on the sorry. deal. But I have just been asked to go into a writing camp with one of my favourite vocalists in the world, which means I will be involved in writing. Tell me, what, tell me when we switch this off. Album. Tell me yep. when we switch off. And then I'll just put it in the after edit. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're talking about your tracks. What is your favourite track? And it doesn't have to be the one that. So Temptation's probably got the most streams. Like Temptation has been my biggest hit. Yeah. yeah, it's been my biggest one. Like I said, banger. Uh, not my favourite, though. I personally, back and forth. That's mine as well. Yeah, with, Same uh, as me. Right, you're going to have to pick a different one. Right, you need to ha- you, right, you're yeah. gonna like all my new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to so, like all my new stuff. Well, I, I like back and forth because, you know, I listen to a lot on the row. Big thing, if you're ever going to row an ocean, yeah. make sure you take plenty of music. Or just take him. <laughs> yeah, just take me. <laughs> just take him. Um, so apart from back and forth, what's one of your favourite... Uh, tracks that you've produced and um, why does it mean so I much really to you? liked working on um, The Wanted Tom Parker's I don't even want to cry um, so basically Ollie and Tom are called A Lost and Found from sorry oh, you're right, babe. I did a remix for my friend Tom Parker and that was probably my favourite um, record that I ever get to work on because it was very sorry, yeah, yeah sorry. That's right, babe. Whoa. <laughs> uh one second. No, it's alright, take as long as you need. My favourite record I ever got to work on was for my friend Tom Parker and his friend Ollie. They were they came to me for a remix of the track Into You and you can actually see it's up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um because he, he passed away yeah, with a brain tumour, didn't he? Passed away with a brain tumour, yeah. And it, it was a very special project for me to be able to work on that with him before he passed away and remixed something for him with his dance side of things as well as what he was doing with The Wanted. And that, to me, is my... I don't think anything's going to ever come close to, to anything. Even if I get a number one, I don't care. Yeah, that, what, for me, what is the most special thing I've ever done, is remixing something for Tom. No, that's amazing. And 
being able to work with yeah, him yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and have his voice and have his and just be able to just talk with Tom and just and learn from Tom and just be, and just be in his energy. We have been robbed of a person so so badly there it's in like you can see the emotion in me like it rocked the it rocked the music industry when that that guy died and it's very very sad and that was my biggest achievement like 100 percent. no so probably thank you like appreciate you sharing that yeah it's, it's like tough and i you know when my granddad passed away like you i was like it's a robbery it's an injustice it is massively i don't want to just ask how did what helped you get over that sort of loss in your life? It's something very personal, so you've got to find your own way. And I just want, if I you can... It's, it's music for me. Yeah. I do genuinely just channel myself back into music. Um, me and Ollie are going to put some other stuff back into production. And I'm going to try and... I've got some voice notes of Tom that I'm going to try and re-edit. And I've, I've taken some inspiration from Drake, because I know Drake does it on his albums. He puts like his grandma and stuff in the start of his tracks. And I've got an edit of Tom talking to me when he's in the studio, just saying like, hello, mate. And I'd like to put that in the baseline if I can. I think that would be perfect. Just, just music is a healer for me. It's there for me whether I want it or if I don't. You know, you, you can be driving down the road, right? And you don't even realise you're sad. But if Heart FM puts on a really sad song, you, you start crying because you're like, oh, I am quite sad today. Something sad happened today. So music is literally the healer. It's there for you through everything. And... I would not survive a day without it. Funny you should say that. This girl, probably one of like my first girlfriends, was like thirteen. Do you remember the? So probably don't. It's not massive. Robbie Williams. Um, I'm gonna have to sing it now because. Gordon, please. Oh, please do. <laughs> I'll audition you. <laughs> right, sing to you when away my heart breaks every day. Yeah. Yeah, you know that one. There you go. Yeah. So I remember listening to that like on repeat, like. I'll it's never so love true. again it's so like true. a 13-year-old boy. It's so true, literally. <laughs> so, uh, all, honestly, my musical Sorry to journey, everyone that's just heard me <laughs> that sing. That was so beautiful. <laughs> She's full of shit. It's if awful. It's no better live. Theme tune for the podcast. Yeah, but maybe I'll do the jingle. You do the jingle. I've I'll do you. the vocals. <laughs> Mate, music is just there for you through everything. Like, I would never touch a record. I would never put anything out that has not come from the, my heart. Like, literally. If... Like, if you want to know how I'm feeling, listen to my latest release, because that will tell you. Yeah. That, that'll literally tell you, basically. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, how, that's how we communicate, basically. And it's... Oh, it, yeah, what was going through your mind with Temptation? <laughs> <then>? <laughs> this is Poppy. Ask Poppy. <laughs> but Love Me Better as well. It's, it's a really funny story, because Leah, my new one, Love Me Better, Leah Guest is the vocalist, and her boyfriend came over, and the vocals are all... It's, a, it's basically like... You can learn to love me better, and he's—he was literally sat in my flat, like and he that. was like, he was literally like, I bring you flowers all the time, and I don't know how to love you better. And that, like, it was just so funny because she was just like, I know, but I know what works, kind of thing. Like it's just, you know, what people want to want to hear. Like you want, I yeah. want, I want you to feel on the dance floor something. I don't just want you to sing, la, like you know. You want to actually feel it in your heart. Like that to me is real fucking music. Feeling it. Like feel it in your soul. That yeah. is music. No, I, I definitely agree. Music. Lyrics like, are everything to me. Like lyrics, songwriting, it's that key. Key. Do you listen to Fire in the Moves? I do. You heard Kano's? I haven't. Listen to it. Like some of the lyrics on that and the time. And then both his albums. So 
made in the manor and then wow and then oh what is it it, the one after I went to see him I, I should know it because I went to see him I actually both. really love Tom Zanetti's did you see Zanetti's what his he did Fire and Food did he oh no I'm going to have to listen to it it was so good he did it for men's mental health yeah it like, was amazing honestly when they say stuff I'm like how, how do you even ha- think of that literally so now you know how I feel when yeah. I'm sat in the studio like I might be able to write a baseline, but then when these girls come in all these boys come in and they're like ah, they, they just they just talk what is in my brain and in my heart and I'm like how yeah. How do you put that to paper? Like that—that's the talent. Like that—that yeah. that is, wow, so cool. Mill the couch just coming oh, to the thing, oh, and she's ru- sorry. <laughs> Millie, off you go. Off there you we go. go. Oh, she pops. She's had enough. Millie doesn't like fire in the booth. I don't think. Does she not? No, no not a fan, Mill. I don't think she's a fan of rap. So anyone listening, <laughs> Mill's got a. L- um, See, Millie is the cat that she Jess likes. Uh, house music. Um, <laughs> so we were talking there about hardship, and I yeah. want to know. What's been maybe one of the the toughest times um, in your career or, or your life? Um, and what did you learn from it? That's a massive, massive, massive question. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm... I am a little bit sorry. Yeah. I am a little no, bit sorry for no, just putting you on the fine. spot. That's fine. Um, do you know what? There's a lot of things that have been hard in this career. Um, navigating it correctly is probably the biggest one. Um trying not to fall down the partying route and knowing when to go home and knowing that you are not the party. It's just, yeah, it's a lot to take in. And I'm coming through a stage in my life now where I'm getting older. The cat's going through Jack's camera bag, guys. That's absolutely um, fine. Millie. Hello, Millie, you're really snaking there. We're about to get real <laughs> deep. No, this sorry, was guys. this was the the crux of the pod. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's it's hard to not get lost in the moment of music and everything that comes with it. Um, and I've learnt that in the last two years, I would say, to just breathe, take a step back, leave the club, and breathe. Like go and do your job, step away, and do what you do what you're paid to do and come away and, and, and that's you. You don't have to stay in the club after you've played and you don't have to do that. And because I love music so much, right, I would always want to stay in the club after I've played DJ, like after yeah. I've finished DJing, but I shouldn't do that. I need to go home. Jess, and like, don't worry, yeah. talking to like, I know, like it's, yeah. lights are on, you need to go home. Yeah, and I'm like, 100%. why? 100%. Why it's do we need to I go? I just want to listen to more music. like, But like, you need to, uh, and I'm learning that now. Like, I've, I've dealt with a lot of demons in the last like 18 months, especially. And yes, and what I reckon doesn't help with you is, so I'm not just saying this because you're one of the nicest people I've ever met at an event. I love you. Backstage, not like I go backstage all the time. Like, a couple <laughs> of times time. I've, I've managed to sneak past security. <laughs> and, you know, because you're not a dick. Like, you are a nice person. Thank you're, you for saying like, that. Like, well, you know. Thank you. She's got Thank me a drink. You. That's the only reason. No, but like, you hear stories about. Other bit. I can't imagine you being like because you are social. You want to chat to everyone. Hundred percent. So I can't it's imagine hard, hard for you yeah. to go. Yeah, set's done. Give me the cash. It's very hard. See you later. Yeah, but, but I can imagine. It's yeah. Well, and I've heard that some DJs are like set's yeah. done. See you later. It's very hard to find the right balance of getting in and out of the club and knowing when to stop and when to when yeah and I'm, and I'm navigating that and I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm navigating that right now like I'm fully on the right path and I'm so confident in my journey right now and like my music has never been as strong as it is right now 
and I'm going through like a journey of sobriety and I am I'm excited I'm excited about the next year of my life I don't know what the future is holding for me right now um I'm just I'm happy I'm really really happy like I'm learning a lot about myself I'm trying to do a lot of my shows more sober now and do you know what it's working for me and it's very easy to get lost in the party scene of DJing and I've seen so many people happen to and it's horrible because it just chews you up and spits you out like it's horrible I get I, I get it I fully understand it and do you know what wow I can put that in a box and put it on the shelf now now let's mean business be being like a nice genuine person that you 100%. are do you maybe struggle sometimes with some of the characters that only like you if you can get them backstage some of the fake people that i can imagine it does happen yeah it Do you, does happen. does it some yeah does, does that get to you a lot because because the person you are it does like i wear my heart on my sleeve massively um i will do en- literally anything for anyone like if i can i'll give you my arm if i could but um do you know what <sighs> no i just want three hours yeah. of your time from a podcast do you know what? one of my best friends she says we all ship from the same arsehole yeah and that is something that i like to live by and it's so true because None of us are more superior than the other. We are all exactly the same people. So you don't deserve the right to treat anybody different than how you would like to be treated. So just be respectful and be nice and be polite. And uh, I think I'd like to think that that will give you some grounds to carry you for the rest of your life. Yeah. No, I, we, hey, everyone shit stinks. That's, but that's my saying. Literally, right? So um, <laughs> we've talked sort of about the hardships and yes. you know the setbacks and stuff like that. But what motivates you? Oh my God, just the love of it, mate. Yeah. Look at it. Going out and playing in front of a crowd of music. Wow, oh my God, it's just amazing. This is the best thing ever. Like, big crowds. Oh, it's just, I can't even put it into words what it feels like DJing. Like, it's insane. I didn't think anything could be more exciting than DJing until I entered production. And then you watch people start streaming your records and all of those numbers start bubbling away. And it's like, whoa, it's just, it's, it's just, it is the most addictive industry ever. People that always say like, oh, no, I'm, I'm quitting DJ and I'm not going to do it anymore. Nah, you can't. You cannot do it. You cannot. You physically cannot leave the music industry. Once you're in, you're in for life, mate. That's it. It is the best job in the world. But you have to come in with a thick skin. You have to be ready for what you're about to get. You're entering battle. Yeah. You're, work, you're going to battle, mate. <laughs> you know, you thought, oh, maybe like a track. Oh, that's going to bang. Like, has there been any setbacks you've been like, ah, oh, like, hang on. That wasn't meant to happen. All the time, yeah. literally, like all the time. Um, one of my first big records, so I won't name record labels, but my first big record, Love Me, uh, Love We Had, they it was turned down by all the big record labels and said it was would, wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't like wouldn't Harry connect. Potter was turned down by like ten publishers. That's Don't worry saying, about it, right? Literally, like w- that wouldn't it wouldn't do anything. And then Good Company picked it up and it blew like. It literally blew, and n- this is now where I am from that record at th- after lockdown. Oh, the cat. The cat. No, it's all right. Millie. Go on, Mill. Off you go. Sorry, you're gone. Sorry. We need to just start chatting about fire in the booth again. Apologies. That'll get rid of her. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, you're saying so. Yes, Persistence. Sorry. Yeah, persistence. My mate always says persistence beats resistance. A hundred percent. Like, just believe in your own brand. Like, as long as you, you as what, what you're putting out is authentic to you, Fuck everybody else. Like, what? why do you care? They're just opinions, genuinely. They're just opinions. Like, as long as you believe in your brand and your vision, do not stop until you have your, until it's there. Go, just go. 
Yeah. Like, no one's going to get it for you. You've got to get up out of bed. You've got to go get it. And I've learned that over the last six months. I've learned that it is not going to happen unless you absolutely work for it. No, I totally agree. And as a solo rower, it's one thing I sort of liked. Maybe in a team, someone else will do the work for you. Mm. You know, fundraising, because people don't realise the journey you have to go on beforehand. But yeah, you've got to put the graft in. And if you don't do it, yep. no one else is. Exactly. We've had the pinch me moment where, oh, maybe that didn't work out. But what, what's been, or you can name a couple, where you've gone, oh my God, like as if I'm on the... So one I sent you the other day, I was like, oi, oi, look who's uh, the cover for UK um, house music on Spotify. That alone is insane. Like, I have them on my wall behind you. That, yeah. to me, was insane. And another big moment for me was when Temptation came out, we got a billboard at Westfield in London with the single on, and I got to take my nan to go and see it. Oh, and you know how it is? It's like your grandparents and maybe your mum and dad, they think, music, is that really a real job? Like, you like, <laughs> you're still doing that? Yeah, you're still doing that? What do, you, what do your grandparents yeah. say about your tattoos? Oh my God, like, oh my God. If I brought back, when I, well, this is when I was straight. If I brought back a, straight, a boy with, with tattoos, no, that's it. No, he's a horrible man. He's yeah. a gangster. No, you can't come in. My, the only one my nan likes is the one that I got with her handwriting. Nice, yeah, sure. And it's written. Little things mean a lot because they bloody do. So it's <laughs> funny, like, so my mum and dad uh, split up, remarried, so I've got three grandmas. Three? What, one, so yeah, lucky. I, I am, yeah, one. yeah, I am. <gasps> All good cooks as well, oh and one's really God. good at sewing as well. So How like, are you not fat? I know. <laughs> so one, the one's like, oh yeah, they're all right. Joey's you know, not really pinched. Loves a drink, G and T. Another grandma's like, I like them, but only on you. Oh. You know? And then, and then the other one is like, I'll pay for you to have them all lazy if you want. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Do you know what? It's I a think, generation thing. I asked it? my nan, and she said. It's, doesn't it mean that it's like an army thing? It means that it's something to do with the army. So I was so told about army, army and convict. Yeah, yeah you're Navy, yeah, yeah. You're all right. Well, tell that to Granny Pat. You know what I mean? <laughs> she doesn't think so. Sorry, so took your nan and is that when she she was like, oh. Yeah, that oh, was when. She is actually making a living. She doesn't get to see what I do. Like she, she can see me from pictures and stuff, but she can't come into a club at 90. My mum can. And I took my mum to, um, I played at the Ned in London a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't a big show. It was literally just like, the Ned is like a private members club yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah. It's a pool party on the top of at St. Paul's Cathedral. And it was just 200 people. My mum was there. And it was just one of those moments where I was just, like the sun was setting over London looking at St. Paul's Cathedral. And I was just kind of like, wow, like this is my life now. Like, yeah. wow. Like, I'm so appreciative that I get to bring my mum and my partner. Yes, and my doesn't cousins, sound like, like you're appreciative. Only 200 people at the private members club <laughs> like, in St. Paul's Cathedral. Like, it's, like, it's like, what the fa- what is going on? Kind of thing. Like, wow. And my mum's there to see yeah, it yeah, as yeah. well. Like, that to me means more than anything. Like, I don't, I just, yeah, it's just, just to make my family proud, I guess. Please tell me you closed with like one of her favourites. Of course I did. What did you mate? close with? Do you, know, you, do you know she actually loves Carl Cox more than me? Does she? Mate, I'm going, I'm taking her to see Carl Cox at Wembley. At the end, <laughs> I think it's in September. <laughs> Die hard Carl Cox fan. Oh, that's I've, amazing. I've got a resigned t-shirt from him as well. I had to track him down in Australia. Yeah. Oh, you did it though, <laughs> He's yeah. He's written to Jan. Oh, happy with that. Go on, <laughs> no, Jan. I'm literally trying so hard for a big festival like Glastow or something where he's there. Mm. I can bring her and I can finally make the magic happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. see the moment they meet because maybe that is why I'm a raver because my mum is a secret one. Yeah, so it's funny. Like, So my my dad like loves the prodigy. Oh, my and, God. And my mum always used to say, like, she'd say something, she 
she's not really into her like electronic music show. You only play that to wind me up, and I said, <laughs> no, but I, I, I like it. I really like it. So, what um what the what are the goals? What is there anything you haven't done that you you really do? I mean, obviously, mine is headlining Glastonbury. Glastonbury is genuinely the only thing that really is for me. Like I need to do. Yeah. Um, everything else, I just take. I'm here. I'm yeah. ready to go. Like. I've, this is a challenge we sit down with my manager and, and stuff and I don't have a brand like there's not a goal for me I just want to play for big big crowds and big yeah. people and I just want to create a vibe that everybody feels happy and comfortable with and I just would really my job is done if you're on the dance floor and you're smiling and, and you're like I played on Sunday and somebody came up to me and they were like I really like your music because I can sing to it and I, there's and I felt it and there was lyrics and that to me is I'm happy because that that is all I ever want to do when I step on the decks that is my job complete that somebody is connected with that music they're not just there because they're pissed or they're there because their mates are there or they're trying to be cool they're there because they actually want to fucking be there and they're enjoying the music and they recognize it and that to me is the goal um I think end goal for me I would love to go and to do TV stuff, more yeah. documentary style stuff, because I am super open about my mental health struggles and I'm opening up a lot more now about my personal life in terms of like going through therapy and things. And I think it's important when you have a platform and you have a fan base that really do actually watch your journey and appreciate what you go through, they're along for the ride as well. And you, it's, it's right to be honest with them and, and tell them and genuinely... 50% of the DMs I get on my Instagram are about mental health and 50% are about music. And I'm not going to lie, the mental health ones, they get me in the heart more than the music ones do because I get them. I get them so much. And that would be, if I ever was to step away from music one day, say maybe in my 40s, I would go more towards the, the therapy side of things and do help, help for people. Big thing, I think, in the UK not saying there isn't a stigma for women definitely a stig stigma for men. geezers yeah it's bad what what has therapy helped you with and what would be your message to my mate says so he does um mental health first aid and he says therapy's cool and he says i've been to therapy mate it doesn't mean you're weak doesn't mean it like, all. Uh, i feel proud to say i yeah. go to therapy but like, like straight I'm away proud. people like people like that why yeah I, therapy I is like a gift People can't afford therapy. Like, if you are able to afford yourself a therapist, take it. Like, that is a privilege in itself. If you can try and get it through the NHS, take it. Like, these people are here to help you. Unfortunately, this world we live in now, you, it's crazy out there. It's absolutely crazy out there. And unfortunately, some people do have chemical imbalances in their head. It's not your fault if you feel a certain way. And that's something that I now actually own. I, it's not my fault. I've got borderline personality disorder, which is it's kind of similar to bipolar. And I've had an eating disorder in my previous as well. And I go through a lot, of sh a lot of shit. Like these four walls have seen a lot of dark times that we're sat in right now. And it's not my fault. Like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that. And I just want other people to know that it's not your fault. To just ask for help. Because there's so many people that will help you. You just have to be the first one. Like you cannot, uh, you cannot help somebody that won't, that doesn't want to be helped kind of thing. And... I get what you're saying with the man thing because I know our friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harry. It's it's fucking awful and I don't understand how or why or how that even slipped through the net. And I don't get it. And the big thing for me when I think about H, other people that have taken their own lives, I think, like use H for example, what, 400 people at the funeral? I don't understand. I was yeah. watching it in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. I was, at, at and I was like, H. And I was like, 
Oh, I'm so satisfied. I can agree there. Yeah. I, I don't get Inside. how people... Another one, um, lad at work, Mason, like I think 450. He was captain of the Navy rugby team. And I, I'm why? Like, why? Why did they think that? No one. It's just insane, isn't it? Like It's just... It, it it hurts me so much to know, to think that that is what they thought was the option, and I've I've had like four I think four failed suicide attempts in my life, and I'm do you know what I'm fucking grateful for every single one of them because the last one is like I would never do that again. Seeing the destruction that it left with my family, and it's just it's so not it's so not what your mind is telling you. Like it's not your fault to feel yeah. like that. Like just overpower it like you just need to ask for help like being vulnerable and asking for help is not a bad thing at all like i think you're a mate you're a brave person if you're asking for help it means you're a human being and you're not a fucking robot 100 percent, and i, I see it because like social media is your highlight reel isn't it and 100%. i do always think i applaud people that come out and say yeah i am struggling this is why i love my fan base on my instagram yeah. because i am not afraid like, big to thank do you for that. sharing that as well like because i didn't even know that about yeah, you for sure like, yeah because you don't even think about it because, like, H, it's never, the, it's never the people you expect. Mate. Like, you, whenever I ever seen you, well, obviously, we see each other, right? So, it's like a happy vibe. Mate, yeah. I legit flew back from Miami Music Week, played an amazing set, and then tried to kill myself this, this when I landed back from Miami Music Week two years, like, three, four years ago. Why? My life is amazing, but my brain was not telling me that it was, and that's not my fault. And I'm so grateful for that moment that happened because it made me appreciate life again. And it's just, I wish H and all the other people that we have lost had that that, that moment of failure that didn't work kind of thing. And I'm just devastated for them because there is so, it, it, when you flip the switch, it's so much worth living. It's so, life is a beautiful thing. Life is so beautiful. We are so lucky to wake up every single day and have another day on this planet. Having said that, do you think I think social media? You don't realise how lucky you are. I think if you haven't experienced, so I've been to the army and I've been to some. Well, I hear people complain about the UK and don't get me wrong. UK's got its problems. Yeah, I agree. It's not perfect, but like you said, you're so lucky. And yeah, like look at the healthcare. We've got yeah, free healthcare. Yeah, you can't get that anywhere else. No, like it, and it's nuts. And I do. Then this is why I say I talk about hardship and being on the row and. You know, and, I, and I, do, I have my slip-ups all the time. Like, you know, I snap at my mum. Yeah, of for course. No, for no reason, like... Because you're not, human no being, real, mate. No real reason. But if you put put yourself through a bit, like a bit of hardship, it just makes you appreciate everything so much more. A hundred percent. You know, and like you said then, we are so lucky. Um, um, my nan's a little bit ill at the minute. And uh, it's all right, it's all right. And she always says, she says, I said, oh, you're doing well. She's like, I woke up and that's another gift today. That is and I'm literally just like, what my nan says. <laughs> and, 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 and she, and I, it's she, so she, true. But Jess, Jess, she'll come out and say stuff like, oh, I could live for another 20 years or it could be another 20 minutes. I'm like, nah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like shut up. Like, stop saying stuff like that. You know, it, yeah, I'm just like... Pfft. It's insane, isn't it? Well, yeah. look, I mean, look it's at generation Jamal, thing. Look at Jamal generation Edwards. Thing. We lost Jamal Edwards, which is probably yeah. the biggest shock to the music industry, which is insane. Like, it's, you never know when your time is up. No. So he's... Live every single day. To anyone who doesn't know, Jamal Edwards... Was it SBTV? SBTV. So yeah, it was like up and coming grime basically he was in the London king of self-belief yeah like he if you, oh my god like i can't even i can't even tell you how much he could make anybody you believe know him, yeah. in himself yeah, yeah oh, oh my god 
I literally saw him a week before at the Brits. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm so sad I didn't spend more time with him. Like, I swear he was like one UK's youngest millionaire or something. Oh my like, God, yeah. Like, like, like that. Mate, he, and I cannot tell you, he's genuinely one of the nicest people that I've ever crossed paths with in my life. And I feel so grateful to be able to call him one of my friends and just grateful that I've had experiences with him in my life and he's been part of my journey at times and he was an amazing person long live him and he's funny he tweeted he tweeted something like two years before he passed away the goal isn't to live forever the goal is to create something that will and th- and he's died at like I think he's like 32 or something yeah, and, I love- and, and his brand is going to live forever mm. like that that is just oh my god it's just amazing like I love sort of like quotes like that. And there's a good one. Troy, obviously, it's a bit corny Brad Pitt. And you know, have you seen the film Troy? I haven't, oh. no. I'll watch it tonight. Watch it tonight. I promise, it's, I promise. Don't worry, it's not like a cinematic. <laughs> it's not like Pulp Fiction. I'm down, I'll watch it. But, and, he's, and he says, goes and gets Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt plays Troy. And he's like, oh, you know. Um, no, sorry. He doesn't play Troy. Brad Pitt plays Achilles. Yep. And uh, he goes, oh, I wouldn't fight him. And obviously Brad Pitt goes, yeah, that's why no one will remember you. You know, like wow. you've got a dare, you've got like yeah. nothing, you've got a, so true. you've got a, like dare to be great. Hundred percent. You know, don't worry about living. Like, you've you need got to, to be cre- brave. Yeah, you've got to be brave. You've got to be ballsy. So we talk about Jamal. Like, who is someone else that inspires you? Just um, do you know what? Or where do you get inspiration from? My manager. <laughs> You're tall manager. No, my my manager, Sonny Morton. He is just he inspires me every single day. Like he is such a grafter. Um, like he's got he's got a family and he's got like a full time job and he just juggles everything and he's so positive and he's happy and he's there for me and I just look at him in awe all the time and I'm just like how do you go through life like you're just amazing not like you're like super superman he is what drives me to be want to be a better person legit genuinely like I have his initials tattooed on me he's that important to me and he is a very big driving force for me and obviously my my partner and my family I would not be anywhere right now if it wasn't for probably that lady in the other room Jade she's big been my Jade. rock through the last year and kicked her out of living room as well <laughs> to record this so yeah big thank you Jade <laughs> it's been a roller coaster man and I'm so happy to be out now smiling and happy and I'm I'm good I'm on I'm on such a good path and I'm so excited for the next few years ahead of me, honestly. I'm like, I'm so driven and I'm focused and I'm, I've never been better. Nah, class. That's good to hear. Really good to hear, Jess. Thank you. So finally, one last sort of question. If you could give any advice to a young Jess Bates or maybe a young girl, young boy, you know, starting out in the music industry, something you wish you'd have known then. Yep. What would it be? My advice for anybody starting into the music industry would be to do what I did and come in from the other side first. Don't try and be the star first. Work your way through the back end. Learn the, the, the background and learn about the music industry inside out before you actually enter it. So you actually realise if you even want to be into it, if that makes sense. Because some people, this is the problem with this mental health stuff. People shoot to fame overnight and they don't realise what comes with that. All of a sudden, bang, they're in this limelight and they can't handle it. So if you're around it a little bit more, maybe work in, say, even if you just work for like a little magazine or you do a little bit of artist liaison, put yourself about of it and see if, see how you actually handle it first before you go full tilt. And then if you do want to do it, don't stop until you literally are dead in the ground. <laughs> yeah. So graft hard. Put yourself out there. 
and go for gold. Go for gold. Big. No, thank Jess. Thank you. Thank you so much. I do really, well really appreciate it. Well done, you, rowing the bloody ocean. Yeah, I know. Let's well, well, take a clap. Yeah. <laughs> I was mad. following you. I yeah, shout I know, you I out. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's mad, yeah. It's like... How? How do you do that? So many questions. I feel like I need a podcast to interview you, do, you about yeah, it. No, you actually do. You're going to be on my podcast now. Thank you I very much. You. What was I? Um, no, because I remember when you uh, <laughs> you gave me a shout out. I did. I was I was following you yeah. like religiously. I was like, Jay, Jay, look what he's doing now. He's now, he's stuck. In, he can't move anywhere. And he can't go anywhere. And I was like, what? He's just floating yeah. in the sea with the sharks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Funny when I was like, um, when I saw that shark and that, and straight away you were like, no, no, shark, no, no, no. Sharks no, no. are scarier than like no, spiders and that. And I'm like, that's another thing. It's all about how you frame your mindset, Jess. Horrible. Just, just remember, if as long as you stay in the boat, you'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was I thought I'd fallen in? Exactly. What if it wants right. to come and eat the boat? <laughs> I know. So me and Jess, I think we're going to switch this off. We're going to go for a beer or something. <laughs> and talk about the ocean <laughs> road. But Jess, thank you so much. You Appreciate so it so much. Big love, like, guys. Big love. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That is the end of the podcast for today. And if you enjoyed it, if you could like, follow, subscribe, as it really helps grow the pods, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, Jess. Big love. Big love. Cheers.